Hi, you're listening to Estranged. This is Adrian speaking, and I'm here as always with my co-host Helen. You wanna say you wanna say hello? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we're feeling pretty low energy today, so it'll be like a smooth ride. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna talk about also kind of like a slow, kind of boring. I mean, it's interesting, but it's it's kind of boring. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You said like a, a smooth ride. That does actually is a phrase I feel is like quite appropriate for the film. Yeah. Um, it has that sort of like anemic, calm, like yeah. not whimsical, but kind of soft softness <laughs> to it. Wouldn't it be funny if we just went into it and didn't say what the movie was? Like we never say the name. I mean, basically, because we don't even talk about the movie that much anyway. That <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah, wouldn't make that much difference. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit what we were just saying before we started recording about why we're feeling a bit down? Uh, yeah, the the politics stuff, right? Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay, so I was talking to a friend the other day, and I was telling him that I just kind of feel hopeless about politics. And not because Bernie didn't win Super Tuesday or whatever, because that's like, you know, as, as a lot of people have pointed out, not even a third of the delegates or maybe a little bit over a third of the delegates have been uh, given. So there's still a long way to go and Sanders might still win. But the thing that seems interesting to me about politics is that it's a way for you to care without actually having to be that involved right like you just give some mm -hmm. money and it's more uh, uh pragmatic right like it's just a way to care for your neighbor without actually romanticizing the neighbor and i think that's mm -hmm. like noble and I, I like that idea but the way that politics are set up now is just so imbalanced and towards like the rich and it's just about influence and power um and it's just it's kind of disheartening right to think about how politics are, have been sort of taken away from what they're meant to be. So I was telling him, it's just like, I just don't think that I have it in me to, to continue caring about politics. I mean, not politics, like theoretical politics, but mm -hmm. just like American politics and like what's yeah. going on with the DNC and Republicans and whatever. And he was just like, yeah, you know, just like, kind because he's kind of like an easygoing guy. He doesn't think about politics at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's very much sort of like, an individualist right and sort of just like there's only the individual and uh yeah. let's minimize the involvement of the state and all of that so i think that i you know it's 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 difficult because like not caring about politics also implies a sort of individualistic lifestyle and yeah. that's kind of scary and that's what this that's what is disheartening and it because it feels like a missed opportunity to be connected with one another in a way that is pragmatic and not you know, like, like f fetishized, like the whole immigrant thing that mm -hmm. she talks about, you know, that people yeah, no, no, I agree idealize immigrants and all that. Uh, it's not necessary uh, as long yeah. as they get, you know, their rights and, and all other good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's kind of, um, I guess the obvious thing that it's kind of like really sad that um, the DNC would prefer Trump to like Bernie. Yeah. You know, well, um, not only that, like the DNC prefers Trump to Biden because it's pretty clear that Trump yeah, will yeah, make, yeah. just like run circles around him. Yeah, I that's I know it is it. I just really feel the tragedy. I remember watching the um, 
the DNC, was it like June or so, 2016? Mm-hmm. Um, and Hillary getting the nomination, that was just like the most upsetting thing. Yeah. <laughs> because you just know, you just, it's just so obvious what was going to happen. Yeah. And it, it like Bernie not getting the nomination, um, obviously there's still a way to go, but it's like, I feel like that was just such a great tragedy, like the loss. Mm-hmm. And I, it is concerning where things are headed uh, with just the continued fan- financialization and in- inequality and, it's concerning and it's concerning that um like the commodity fetishism of our contemporary scene just hides the real problems yeah my friend Um, asked me like a sort of interesting question he was like if you had mm -hmm. to if you had to vote uh between trump Mm -hmm. and biden who would you vote for and I remember this this uh, interesting thing that Brett Easton Ellis talked about, and he was saying yeah. that like one of the reasons why people like Trump is because he's truthful without being literal. And mm-hmm, I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. That's like, interesting. Like what that's he, interesting. Like what he does is truthful, but it's not getting at the truth. And I think that it's yeah. like I think it's almost kind of refreshing to have like someone up there that is just. First of all, it was very enjoyable the way that he would just like rip apart Jeb Bush and fucking Ted Cruz and all of these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these like sort of establishment, I mean, even worse than the DNC, right? But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about about him that it's at least truthful in that way. And and I think Biden is just sort of like cynical and he has a sort of distance and uh, almost, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that, Biden wants to do is to win the nomination so that he couldn't do anything. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Uh, yeah. It's just sort of like the 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 peacefulness or the calmness of the status quo. And I think that mm-hmm. basically he's just selling an image of things being decent or at least like stable uh, in the yeah. eyes of like the media, right? Not even yeah. like normal life. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that I think that that's basically he's like a snake oil salesman, you know. I know it's interesting that idea of um, Trump being truthful, but not actually tr- not actually correct. I mean, he is like the symptom par excellence, you know. It's like an analysis of him gives you the right answer, but he doesn't give the right answer, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it is, and it's it's right. It's like this uh, this idea of you know. I also think it's interesting this notion of the Bernie bro. And this mm-hmm. idea of civility and niceness. And, like, to me, civility and niceness are two different things. And it's important to be civil, but you don't have to be nice, you know, in, in politics. But it is interesting that, like, you know, you were saying with Biden, he's just decent, decent. You know, like, what does that even mean when it comes to, like, it's just interesting that people put so much well, that's, uh, that's what's emphasis about on. It, that it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And it's just like, if you have an understanding of the political that's like, it's dealing with the antagonisms of society. And so it's all about conflict and, you know, and then the question is, well, Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes, are you nice? Who cares? (laughs) Who actually cares? Does he have a good heart? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what does that mean? I mean, I would never vote for Biden. I mean, I wouldn't vote for Trump Mm -hmm. either, but if I had to, I think I would vote for Mm -hmm. Trump. And also just like... Also, just corner everybody into being radicalized after another yeah. four years of this shit. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like at least the hope was with 
you know, once Trump was elected, well, it's like, well, now we have the wolf and wolf's clothing, you know, now it's all on the surface. Now we just can't deny it. Now this will force people to like really reflect. It's like, well, apparently not. You know? <laughs> well, well, but I'm also not- imagine how many boomers are going to die, especially because of coronavirus in the next four years. <laughs> I <laughs> like boomers. <laughs> you what? I actually, I like boomers. I think boomers could really get a bad. I think this is going to be our last the, episode, people. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, really? No. I think the, uh, well, the issue is, that, of course, like it's not the boomers' fault that they were offered all of these like material contingent ways of making money and ruining the economy. <laughs> you know, like how would they know? Um, yeah. No, but I... We should do an yeah. episode on boomers. Yeah, we should do. We should do. But I mean, I I just... Um, I, I prefer the position of... Um, my least favourite position is elsewhere, and I think it is misguided younger people who... Um, politicize that which isn't political but part of the superstructure that arises from the political mm-hmm. they're the people who piss me off the most <laughs> yeah yeah no, I, I and right. boomers maybe if like boomers are just like conservative or whatever it's like yeah fair dues you know i mean it's just the, um, like like younger generations are just extremely castrated um yeah but well, i mean, like, guess this is what we're going to talk about today right well yeah it's just like it like uh r- like castrated towards reaction and i think that's one Mm -hmm. of the tragedies of millennials that they're just like extremely reactionary um but yeah but we should do an episode on boomers and american psycho that'd be interesting (laughs) well is a boomer is it not gen x no american psycho gen x yeah but i'm not sure eastern ellis yeah but not i guess wall street is like the characters yeah, I mean, I think, like, yeah, Wall Street and stuff. I think it's is, like, like 91, so 91 or something. And yeah. I think the people in the novel were like in their 30s. So okay. I think, yeah, yeah so like I them. guess like, yeah. that's crazy. 91. Oh, God. Time passes fast. Have you? I did, yeah, like a long time ago. I'm reading it right now, and I just think um, it's funny how, like, every time he meets someone, there's like a paragraph describing, like, what they're wearing and their brands. <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. It is, it's a very, I know, it's a very, I mean, what's, do you have an opinion on Brett Easton or this? I like him. I like him. I think yeah. he's sort of like, yeah. uh, the sort of like nihilistic, like a typical sort of nihilistic position that a mm-hmm. lot of Gen Xers have, which is mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, I think that a lot of them were like brought up on like early MTV and like this <laughs> kind of weird, like grunge aesthetic. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're sort of like Gen Xers are like ignore precisely because they want to die and uh but not actively i think it's just like the sort of uh aesthetic that they have and Mm. yeah they just kind of like they're okay with being unassuming and sort of like looked over it's part of their charm i think and i also agree with everything he has to say about millennials and like the Mm -hmm. the over paranoia that people have towards mm-hmm. trump um i always find it interesting to hear people who have perspectives that are sort of you know that are they're interesting but don't come from the same maybe like academic uh or the, like theoretical position that like i have but not, not, not saying like mine's an academic position but like they haven't like they, they're coming from a different school of thought 
Yeah. Um, but I they always, kind of yeah. arrive at like similar things, and it's like it's just interesting. I was listening to a podcast with him the other day. Yeah, I'm, I'm like yeah. I'm a millennial by birth, but my yeah. spirit, I feel like it's more Gen X. Uh, not, <laughs> so not true. to mention that I that I think that I grew up around Gen Xers like a lot. Uh-huh. Like a lot of my friends when I was like a teenager were Gen Xers. I always tended to hang around with people that are older than me. And yeah. they had that. They had that sort of like idea. And it, and one of the things about Gen Xers also is that they're like not very political. Like they think politics is sort of a joke and that yeah. it's a waste of time. And I think that millennials are like over politicized. I know. It is interesting just talking about this idea of chemistry. I really don't feel like, I feel millennial in, in certain aspects of impotence and frustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's like a very millennial thing. But like, yeah, I feel feel very unmillennial in many other ways it's like a grandma so <laughs> yeah. but um you're yeah, uh, no, it's interesting you're the the greatest generation that's what you, th- i know you're i feel like with. i feel like i feel like yeah maybe i'm 100 years too <laughs> too young maybe i should have been although the thing is i always wonder you know like um I, do you know have you read any like simone Veil? do you know about her life no, no, no. Who's that? I was actually crazy. So, a seriously interesting person. Um, serious, really. She's sort of like a accidental theologian, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. She writes book Gravity and Grace. Um, she was very, very militant. She came from like a, an upper middle class Jewish family, but she was a very, very kind of militant socialist. And she was, she died in her early to mid thirties, right at the end of World War Two. Um, but she committed herself to like living a life of like and like a life that reflects what the people who have least have. Um, and she was like so, so so committed, but also like really like Malco and like incompetent. And she was like determined to be part of like the French Resistance, and she wanted to be put on this like really dangerous mission. But she like could barely carry a weapon type thing. And you know, yeah. she's just I don't know, but um, I always just wonder like what. <laughs> This is a question that comes up in a peep show, like, what would you have done during World War Two in France? Would you have been part of the resistance? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, I always, like, wonder about, like, I probably would have been such a coward. But, um, yeah, I think I, I maybe also my um, perspectives on the world are, like, seriously outmoded. Um, yeah. I feel like my, my, my heart lies in, like, <laughs> 1900 to 1950 France, basically. <laughs> 1950s France so like what the well, like 19 age? between nine between 1900 and 1950 yeah, yeah I mean, like, well a bit later than that a bit later than that but like that's 30s, where like like Great Depression <laughs> yeah maybe I know this is where all of the like people I like were and were like writing. 40s well, like mean, films yeah were so 40s during, during yeah. those those times God, yeah. I know I know tell me about it well they're we the happiest start- and really we should start doing some older films because I think that we've been doing a lot of modern ones. Yeah. Um, I guess it's because the modern ones, you know, like when Zizek says like, what's a, he has a, like a really good quote about, it's like all we have is cinema to kind of like understand our society and like obviously contemporary yeah. cinema reflects our contemporary issues. But yeah, like, oh my God, there's a whole world of movies. But I guess it's true it's because really um, I think if we've proven anything with our podcast is that we're not interested in movies as much as we're interested in just like what's going on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's like true. the spirit of the times. So I think that, yeah, it's yeah. it's sort of utilitarian, the fact that we're using like modern movies to talk about 
yeah, just modern times. Yeah, so talking about modern times, do you think, like, this movie, Her, do you think it is, like, prescient of, like, what has happened? Because obviously that, that movie came out in, like, 2013, right? Yeah. But it has a sort of, like, a positive spin on um, non-relationships, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I, it was kind of like, okay, so I saw it for the first time when, like, when I watched it to talk about it on the on on the podcast so i had i'd never seen it before and what? i was yeah 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 before so, now yeah i mean not today but like, oh, right, okay, la- okay. like last week or something seriously i thought because yeah. i thought you because you picked it i thought you'd like it was like one one you really liked or no well i said that we should have talked about insults and you were like well maybe we should do her but I, <laughs> Sorry, seriously yeah but i was like but i was yeah. like um I don't know. Once I saw it, I was like, oh, this is about like, I mean, it. Re- okay, so it has an incel core, but he doesn't mm-hmm. act like an incel. No. Um, so it reminds I don't know. me of strawberries. I don't know why. It's like so sweet and like nice. Yeah. To me, it's like it's like a really conventional love story. Like it has like all the love story beats, but it just happens to be with a. Yeah. But AI I mean, what, thing. But what's the thing? But, yeah. Like he just kind of like breaks up with this girl. Mm-hmm. And he resorts to a sort of a joy type of yeah. computer. Yeah, thing. it's yeah. Oh, oh, it's interesting that yeah. So it's basically it's very similar to yeah, and like Blade Runner mm-hmm. twenty forty nine. But um, it's interesting you talk about like joy because it is about sort of like acceptance, the happiness you get, and sort of acceptance. Yeah. Towards I, the end, I also thought it was very interesting that um, he was doing this quiz, right? And mm-hmm. just kind of like to tailor the 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 soul of the computer mm-hmm. um, into something that will be compatible with his desire, and mm-hmm. like the, like it gets cut short because he just has a, like mommy issues. Like he starts talking about his mother, and then the computer's like, okay, all done, and like now, like immediately, she's like she comes out from the shadows, right, to like save yeah. his life. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that that she had like her sort of own. I, okay, so this is this is my question about the movie, and I just mm-hmm. I I I'm not sure that I have an answer. The fact that there was a sort of revolution, right, in the AI sort of collective, mm-hmm. and they all decided to leave and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Is that what the computers wanted to do or is that the final act that the computers did in order to sort of please the desires of the people that they were engaging with? I know. With? That is really interesting. I know because it's like there are questions about... It was the climax. Yeah, who, I mean, to me, it's like yeah, the climax. Yeah. It's like the ultimate act of love that ends yeah. the relationship. But it's not because the computers want to go somewhere or they became too smart. It's because that's yeah. what humans want. They want to be sort of like abandoned. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I know that's yeah. I mean, yeah. Then they're able to actually like return to the world. Okay, so I was, I've been kind of getting into uh, South American literature, specifically like okay, Argentinian yeah. and right. Chilean. And I read, okay. I read this this novel called uh, El Infierno Tan Temido de okay. Onetti. It's like uh, okay. the most, I think it maybe it might be like 
the hell most feared by Onetti. That's O-N-E-T-T-I. And uh, this is a short story about a guy that is in a relationship with this girl. And at some point, um, they, they like profess their love to each other and they get married. But then she is unloyal to, to the guy, cheats on him with this other guy. And anyway, he decides to break up with her. But after he's like recovering, she starts sending him letters. And with the letters, there's always a picture that is obscene. And it's a, it's, they're, they're always pictures about, uh, of, of her like engaging mm-hmm. in, in sex with other men. And she keeps, yeah. and she keeps on sending him the, these pictures, right? And I think it's mm-hmm. interesting because it's pretty obvious to me that she's still in love with him. Uh, okay. If she's sending these pictures, because otherwise, why would she care? She would just do. Yeah, things. why would she be interested? Like, yeah. What she wants is his reaction, or to imagine his reaction when watching this, yeah. these pictures. Not so much yeah. the act itself of having sex with other men. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that it was interesting, like to sort of parallel with this story of the robots. And I think it's like that. It's this sort of like this absence and this sort of like uh, ab- ab- abandonment that. It, it sort of it it stands for this excess of pleasure or enjoyment mm-hmm. and i think yeah. that maybe that's what that's why the computers did that it was sort of like the ultimate act of love yeah yeah that's very interesting that's very good that's very good um oh god i can't remember what i was gonna think i was gonna ask you something about a different aspect of it in terms of because i guess yeah the question is um uh intelligence like what is subjectivity you know and uh artificial intelligence obviously does not contain subjectivity but like being able to conjure the trick of subjectivity because you have to you know you require subjectivity to be able to actually have like love with another person yeah um so yeah the ability to conjure it up but um how do you think then so obviously i suggested her for this topic of of uh incels well, it's how a, do you think it's a sort of like a breaking in of insults, right? I mean, mm-hmm. through, through technology, because I think like, OK, so when is the first time that you become a non incel? And one of the things that I want to talk about is that there's a sort of lack within inceldom that is universal. And I think everybody shares that core. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I think it's interesting because what's one of the, what is it that introduces you to the world of love and to the world of attraction and sex? It's not when you sleep with somebody or it's not when you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. It's when yeah. you get your heart broken. And I think that maybe one of the problems about this whole incel thing is that there's too much, uh, there's a sheltering of sorts yeah. where it's like, I'm afraid to... Uh, talk to women or I'm afraid to get into a relationship or something like that. So, yeah. so what you're saying is incels aren't getting, um, it's not that incels aren't getting enough of what they want, they want, it's that they're not getting enough of what they don't want. Exactly. Uh, and what yeah. they unconsciously want, which is like to get their yeah. hearts broken. And I think this is like, this is a, a, a sort of like perfect bait right the artificial intelligence because Mm -hmm. it starts Mm -hmm. off nice and really welcoming and it's like i'm here for you and i'm your mother and like i can cradle you into like submission Mm -hmm. and to make you feel like you're in love 
but you yeah. won't be in love until I leave you, right? So it's like uh-huh. the sort of like yeah, interesting giving cure the gift for of, like insultum, yeah, giving the gift yeah, of abandonment or yeah, yeah. I know because this is the, the the two the two sides to desire. It's interesting that like um, so Lacan has this like aphorism: mm-hmm. "Don't give way in terms of your desire." And it's like, and that's that's one end of desire. So basically, like. Uh, it, the importance is not um, uh, to like, you know. So, so like Buddhist traditions or like Eastern traditions might be like more aesthetic and be like, just stop desiring, and then you will stop feeling mm-hmm. this like want and this unhappiness of not getting. Yeah. But for like Lacan, it's like not about getting yeah. or not getting. It's about continually allowing, finding a way to permit your desire to direct itself to the thing it wants. And basically, as soon as you get the thing it wants, you don't have the desire anymore. Like, the desire yeah. is, like, libidinal energy is life. So it's like, you, yeah, you know... so aren't insults, like, the ultimate utopian sort of subject? So they've overcome the antagonism of desire by just not... But the thing is, okay, obviously it's incel, so it's involuntary celibate, Right. No, but that's, I think that's... But the is that, of, is that no, a but self-imposed that's, idea That's what allows them to continue desiring. I mean, yeah. true Lacanian form is like <laughs> okay, to, think, yeah, 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 to yeah. think that it's like involuntary. It's exactly what allows them to yeah. continue to enjoy yeah. this sort yeah. of position. But I think that... I but I think that... Um, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, no, 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 I, don't, I got nothing. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Yeah, this idea of the fact that it's like it, it's self-proclaimed involuntary celibacy. Oh, I mean, yeah, okay, I the thing is, what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, just really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I perused through the fucking insult. Oh my god, I've never heard you say the word peruse before. No, I, I'm I'm so sorry, <laughs> but um, I was like, yeah, looking through the the subreddit, and I saw a couple of posts uh-huh. of people that are like sort of giving giving advice, and it's like, hey, a former incel here. And this is my advice to all of you people. Yeah. And you know what they all have in common? Because I saw like four or five. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. all about just like, oh, you got to go out there and get your heart broken. They all said that. Interesting. Yeah. They, they were That's all like, just like, you need to stop being afraid of getting rejected. And because that's precisely what sort of like enables you to start, you know, it's a, it's a different type of desire. Well, um, it's funny. It's the same as like, you know, like the like resilience of health it's like you don't become resilient by avoiding illnesses (laughs) you become resilient you know you become healthy by like exposing yourself to little bits of it um but you know it's interesting because like obviously you know in in cells one could say like a a symptom within contemporary uh society and like why do i say that well because they've come out of nowhere so it's got to be like meaningful of like the time that we're in um and the things with like a symptom is it's like a reaction formation so it's like a way that um unconscious forces have found like out like an imbalance well i don't know if it's an imbalance but two conflicting Mm -hmm. libidinal energies that like can caution one thing and they like burst out into a symptom so like the one on the one side, which is, I guess, oppositional to what you're saying, yeah. which I think is very, very good, is well, that like, of course, on one level, uh, gender relations are changed and difficult. And yeah. so um, there's this idea of like, so I guess from their perspective, and I think this whole question of gender stuff is like really interesting because I feel like every single gender feels hard done by under the <laughs> contemporary circumstances, which is kind of true. It's just this mm-hmm. like, everybody under capital 
capitalism feels hard done by like obviously some are more materially hard done by but like psychically everybody's hard done by um but like obviously uh things have changed in terms of the dating market right so i guess from their perspective do you mean like uh, tinder and stuff or just like well just just in general just in general like the organic like yeah. gens sexual relations and stuff so their argument is that like women have more power now is that and so yeah they have less is that what they is that is that is that a, an argument that they would use yeah i think that it well it, to me it's pretty obvious that the reason why they're on these forums and the reason why mm-hmm. they're talking to each other and the reason why they're insisting that their position is sort of involuntary like you were saying it's mm-hmm. like it's because it creates enjoyment. Yeah. Um, so, but then you, when you like have to falsely create enjoyment, it's like um, you've got to get your desire going because your desire has died. So mm-hmm. to like to find a way to make yourself, I mean, to to give yourself like a, you know, to give yourself yes. a not having to get your desire going, like the fire starter, you've got to like light the match, and to light the match, yeah, you find enjoyment, which is yeah, not yeah. having. But do you think so though? Like, okay, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not complete. I'm not sufficiently equipped to, like, psychoanalytically to answer mm-hmm. this. But do you think that incels are sort of uh, enjoying through death drive, like just experiencing enjoyment, or they're well, sort I of reticent to experience enjoyment? Like they. So I think. Yeah. I think basically that. Um, there's like a legitimate thing where um, obviously the labor market has changed, sexual relations have changed, gender positions have changed, and people feel legitimately on many levels materially disenfranchised, like as or, men because or maybe women vanilla, are in the workplace. Or maybe like too vanilla, like they're not as edgy and as like imaginative of, as like about their sexuality as other people are. Well, you know, there's this whole thing. So I'm, I'm just talking like outside the realm of the sexual, just like the material, just like men okay. in general. Yeah. But there is like, obviously, there's a disorientation and sort of a feeling of like surplus to requirement yeah. <laughs> compared to like maybe 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and so therefore that does like create a depressive position in the sense mm. of not getting what you feel is going to make you happy. Yeah. But, and so maybe, you know, this idea of like militarizing oneself around this notion of incel is something to get your enjoyment going because like depression is like not being able to enjoy your enjoyment. So they don't, you know, they're, they're, (laughs) so, you know, like incels are like young, it's generally like young men, right? Like, so millennial men. Well, it was started, I think it was started by a woman. Was it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but she kind of like disowned it, and she was like, "Oh, it's become, you know, something." Is it that? Is it that MGTOW woman? There? Somebody else? I'm not sure, actually. Let me look it up. But the history of incels. But like, so <laughs> let me watch this I 40 think... minute video on YouTube, and I'll let you know. <laughs> but like, um, so I think you know, it's interesting you're saying that. Like, the the solution Alana? would be. I think her name is Alana. Yeah, I think I, I think I know who that is. I yeah. didn't know I know her personally, but I think I've seen. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah. So, so the point that you made earlier was that um, the cure is to like enjoy the enjoyment 
of not having. So enjoy the enjoyment of abandonment of rejection. What's this That's like, the cure. Sort of like let, let let them down easy, you know. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let them down easy and like get them into a sort of place where they can be castrated. See that it's not. Well, they can yeah. be castrated because I think that's precisely what where the enjoyment comes from, and it's like this sort of like fiction in which they're not castrated, in which they're sort of like they 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 can live in a way that they're not being heartbroken, right? So mm -hmm. to let them down easy just means um, they become a part of what everybody else is experiencing, which is total shit, right? And that's what I'm saying yeah, about yeah, like yeah. the sort of the 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 core of insulin is just it's universal i don't think it's something sort of unique to them but yeah absolutely know. absolutely yeah. that's interesting i mean it's interesting because like i guess um marriage would be the old form of commitment within relationships and it is a way to overcome the question of abandonment so perhaps i don't know if there's a vision of the past that's like well you know, you didn't have to go through this rejection so much because, you know, you had this one committed relationship yeah. and it overcomes the antagonisms. And these days, you know, like it is, it is different. Fewer people yeah. get married and have those conventional, formerly conventional relationship configurations. Yeah. 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 But I was gonna, so, so you know what? Like I was, telling, I am, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that. So like acknowledging that, what they potentially i'm putting words into their quote their uh, mouse <laughs> but like um you know that 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 doesn't exist and mm. that different doesn't mean worse as in different configurations doesn't mean worse yeah that's good i mean i mean i say that theoretically but of course part of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, would like no, to get married so, you know. yeah. i was gonna ask you um what do you make of this whole like polyamory bullshit that well I, okay i don't want to be judgmental but i'm just it's not for me um i don't think i would even when have, i first like, went to of, like no I, don't, I wouldn't even have a way to get into that community right <laughs> but like what do you what do you make of this because apparently it's like really a thing uh mm. with like younger people um, so it was funny because the first time I was in LA in 2015, um, loads of the people I met were like poly. It was like suddenly this thing in the air, everyone was polyamorous. And I was like, old me, you know, completely like frigging Goldilocks was like, what? Oh my God, what? Um, <laughs> you're like, and I you're like involuntarily celibate towards like polyamory. <laughs> well, no, it's yeah. funny. Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I obviously know the world quite well in terms of like my friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like so much has been said that seems really theoretically to when you when you say it to like really be like this great thing, you know. Mm. But of course, it's just as bad as anything else. And I do think you know the thing is okay. I do think everything is like a formation against trying to manage the chaos of the universe. And I do think some things do it better than others. Because, you know, there are actually, there are like real aspects to human nature and stuff. And I do think that polyamory, from what I've seen, it can work and it cannot work, let's just say. Mm. And I've seen it not work a lot. A lot. But it's like, uh, you got to be a specific type of person, do you think, to like... Yeah, I think some people can, some, actually some people I know 
um, a lot of men. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic for them. Why not? You know. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a lot of women my age. I've got lots of friends who are women my age who feel this way. Feel a bit miffed because actually marriage is sort of for them. And yeah. so why would uh, you know a man in his twenties or thirties who is very attractive? Why would they ever get married? Or like, why would any man ever get married if they're like super attractive and could just sleep with a million people all the time? Like, yeah, why? but like, have you seen these sort of like? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just sort of like the brand, and you're always going mm-hmm. to get uh, people that are just kind of like disappointing aesthetically. Yeah. But have you ever seen these shows of? Uh, you know, it's like oh, it's like a, a like a. TLC special on this mm-hmm. like polyamorous uh, couple that is like you yeah. know like a man and he's married to like four women. Oh, that's uh, poly not... poly um, polygamy. Polygamy, that's right. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, like specifically polygamy, which is like through marriage, isn't it? Isn't mm-hmm. that sort of just kind of like uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the word for it is. It's just kind of like a nightmare like body horror or something i mean it, i know but that's that tends to be from like you know religious sects and they have the crazy reasons for it and yeah but isn't those that religious sort of just kind a of justification women, like are they even really religious or is it just like a way for them to be like oh yeah it, it's a part of uh my yeah, belief, no, i think it's not really i think there's a lot of uh religions that are like quite probably misogynistic and Mm-hmm. will use ideologies yeah to to treat people in certain ways but like just as uh, any religion might be um i don't know there's probably uh religions out there that are misandrist but yeah i think polygamy is you know okay but i have lived in countries where polygamy is legal and there are reasons why people engage in it for tax, and for there tax are, reasons <laughs> well for no, like <laughs> um somebody who's lost their entire family reasons you know yeah so i mean obviously like somewhere in africa is very different to somewhere in you know utah or something mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah no and actually i was just kind of thinking that like i was quite saying i said a lot a few times about uh polyamory not working but i have also seen it work and yeah. i think it can work um, but that? i think what it requires well, I think it requires, um, well, you know, the other thing is I think polyamory has existed in loads of different formations. I mean, is like a monogamous couple in the 50s having extramarital affairs. That's a form of polyamory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. um, and some people do require, obviously, uh, desire requires boundaries and limits and lacks. And that's some what, people that's do. What, re- that's what to me is just kind of like, it makes me dumbfounded oh. to think about it because it's there's sort With, of like, well, well, maybe it's not okay to idealize polyamory to think yeah. that, oh, it doesn't have limits. Maybe there's a surplus of them, actually. Well, the thing is, it's like obviously some people require jealousies to get their libido going. So some people mm-hmm. might want somebody to have other partners. Yeah. Otherwise, but that's they. Not, but that's not uh, limited to polyamory right no that's that's not but that could be a dynamic within polyamory but yeah i think from the perspective of anybody getting whatever they want i don't think it's kind that's a kind of utopian thing and it obviously doesn't work in terms of human desire 
Wait, this might be a stupid question, but is polyamory yeah. the same as open relationships? Uh, yeah, I think so. Or is, I or is polyamory like open relationships that are going steady with other people? It's interesting. So polyamory to me, I think I think there's like a crossover, like open re- an open relationship could be polyamorous. Yeah. Right. But I, <laughs> this is so funny because thinking back in 2015, I was like, oh my god, this could never work. But I, I think I think it like in in a way, I feel like you have to either know yourself very well or be very accepting of yourself or be very. Um, able to accept that nothing makes you happy mm-hmm. for polyamory to work if you actually think it's going to work i don't think it will work does that make sense if you don't think it will work it won't work if you don't if you think it will work it oh. won't work but if you don't think it's some special thing then maybe yeah. it'll work <laughs> yeah, sort of like um, um you're not idealizing it it's it's not optimal yeah. and you're okay with that yeah yeah. I think it's like I think it's fine, but I especially um, think uh, formations in terms of how people raise children. I've seen that definitely not work because yeah. obviously that's another factor that is inextricably bound to love and sexual relationships is family structures and having children. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know it's like it's <laughs> it's uh, it's complicated, and I feel like this is the thing. It's like a lot of uh, what's it like quote unquote gender politics I don't know if that's politics if you ask me mm-hmm. um, it's like you know re- representation over redistribution etc um, yeah I, uh, I think it's like they don't, they don't take into consideration like that familial side of things as much as maybe yeah but I think maybe anyway. okay so maybe what you're talking about right now is not so much like your personal opinion but more like okay. the- theoretical theoretical I mean, I okay I've, my personal opinion is quite ambivalent but i would err on the side of it like not being this amazing thing it being like if you yeah. want to do it go for it but i think that it's probably on balance fine not good to fine yeah 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 i mean i yeah but it is. Uh, but okay, I guess so I guess I well, like I, I think I agree with you, but I also think that it's like okay, it's fringe, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It it not everybody is equipped to carry that type of relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you so, know, I've seen I have seen it work very very well for some people, and I think different structures of people, people who fit into certain subjective frames it'll work for better than others and i think that who knows maybe a society develops or if i don't know if evolve is the right word but like you know different epochs maybe that will be you know the new formation of sexual relationships mm-hmm. but i think you know it just within you know monogamy and marriage being the prevalent thing is so recent that it still informs our expectations yeah. and the frames by which we judge relationships, which is maybe why, you know, the incel, the incel perspective is still informed by those traditional relationship formations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I won't say what I think. You know why? (laughs) Why? Well, because, okay, for a woman to be traditionalist 
yeah. uh, in sort of like classical, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's it's hot. But for a guy to do it, it's not. He, I, I don't want to come off as just like this weird sort of like conservative uh, person. But yeah, I don't know. I do have you think my, so? Do you think it's? Do you think it's? I like traditional men. Yeah, but you're weird. <laughs> I mean, I just no, I'm just kidding. You're not weird, but um, everyone's weird. Yeah, everyone's weird. But I think like in the sort of like political social political mm-hmm. sphere, like a man that is conservative right now is not a good look. And I don't think I'm like conservative, like in general. But yeah. I guess with this type of thing, maybe I would be. Well, this but, is the thing. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've talked about this before that you know, uh, radicalizing social trends for me. Well, I, it's a misnomer because radical yeah. means root, and you have that's the superstructure. You've not got to the root. You haven't got to the base, mm. which is political economy. So. Yeah. I, when people like criticize marriage, what they should be criticizing is surplus value and exploitation and well, capitalism. Yeah, the French stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I have absolutely nothing against marriage. In fact, I think it's a clever solution. No, yeah, you've made that like pretty. You've been vocal about it. I think in a good way uh, in the yeah. podcast before was just like marriage is maybe even sort of like the most radical stance against capitalism and the, well the alienation of capitalism and mm-hmm. yeah i think that maybe i don't know it seems to me like maybe polyamory and all this stuff is sort of like a desperate response to capitalist alienation but it may be yeah that's interesting yeah. i really like that so you you what you're kind of saying is to that that it's kind of like a desperate instantiation of a of an of enjoyment or of an attempt to grapple with enjoyment which can be when, blamed yeah which can't be blamed like yeah, it's just yeah. sort of uh i mean it's as fringe politically as it is fringe uh sociologically and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what but about anyway. have you heard this sorry no no go ahead i was gonna say have you heard about like women withholding sex is that a thing that's happening or like isn't there a thing called fem cells or is that something else yeah fem cells and then there's also um fin no uh Wait, oh, financial. that's like, isn't it oh, things findom, that... findom, like financial domination, uh, like you, oh, right. you, that's like sort of sadism, like a, right? Yeah, it's, it's masochism because you get a woman that is like, uh, like uh, will spend all your money. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, if I've had any experience, what, what did you say? If I have experience with someone that, what? Uh, oh yeah, the, the women withholding sex isn't oh, there like a yeah. sex strike or something? But the um, funny thing is, people are saying really funny stuff about it actually. Yeah. <laughs> that like the people withhold the people who feel like they want to withhold sex are the people that like. Okay, so and people don't have sex. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so <laughs> unless unless it happens like through yeah. like religious fundamentalism, which is like no, yeah. I I literally believe. Well, not maybe not mm-hmm. literally, but uh, I, I, through mediation, believe that like sex is a mm-hmm. bad thing, and that it's like you know I should only have sex if I'm going to procreate or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. why I withhold. Yeah, that's kind of that kind of sucks. But but um, I don't know if I've heard a thing of like. But sorry. also withholding like through like um, a type of like foreplay or something like that, or maybe 
I don't know. I think it's it works. Yeah, I think that works. But I'm, I'm talking about like I've, I swear I heard. I don't know if it's happening now. Maybe not. But I've swear, swear I heard at the past is like women withholding sex is like a political act against misogyny or something. Oh wow! But it's like yeah. ladies. You're the people who rule the economy right now, anyway. So <laughs> yeah. you know, please. Um, but also, I mean, that is that is an aspect that should be acknowledged with incels, right? That like we do live in a women's world now. Yeah, right? that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And and the other thing is that um, except there are some shit downsides for women because like who the hell wants to be the capitalist? Yeah, not me. Yeah. Well done. No, we now get to work too. But there's some downsides to it, right? I mean, of course, it's yeah. a, it's it's a woman's world now. But at the same time, you know, it hasn't been a woman's world before. So mm-hmm. there's some hiccups. And I think that one of the problems is that, okay, so yesterday was like International Women's Day, at least. like mm-hmm. I don't know if everywhere, but a lot of women didn't go to work in the name of their identity or their gendered identity. Like, oh, we want the world to see what it feels like to have, you know, a society where women are not there. Right. But the problem there. But that's is, like basically what it's always been like before. Well, it's right. it's kind of like what it's been like before, but it doesn't work now because actually there was yeah. a lot of women that didn't go to work and it it wasn't, you know, financially or economically sort of like a disaster. But I think it's a it's a misfire, right? Because like yeah. a lot of women say like, oh, it's because I'm a woman that I'm being repressed. And it's like, no, it's not because yeah. you're a woman. It's because capitalism sucks. I know. I know. I, I it's funny. I have to say like I. um. I find I this is something I don't understand. You're talking about being alienated from being millennial. I do not understand, and I don't know if I just have like some like disability on this front. But mm-hmm. I do not understand when a woman says to me, "Oh, it's because of misogyny, or it's because I'm a woman, or it's because." The only thing that I feel um, at a loss with now as a woman is the fact that somebody potentially of my uh, quote-unquote social class might yeah. not have had to work because of marriage. And I'd rather not be a wage slave, right? Yeah. But, like, I just... I, this idea that um, anything is stacked against me because I'm a woman, I, I just I just don't... I, I fail to see it as somebody of my age and my from my milieu and my upbringing. I just... I don't understand... Maybe if I was twenty years older, I would. But of yeah. my, I just, I just don't understand. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Because yeah. yeah, all it is is like capitalism. Of course, right? and I think even just sort of like gender. I mean, gender, of course, is biological. But beyond that, mm-hmm. ideologically, it's a construction of capitalism. Yeah, as yeah. A deviation. absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing: it's like this is. I mean, I think you're, you're putting your finger on it. So, what I like the 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 misreadings of Marx and like the misreadings of psychoanalysis it's like yeah gender is a construct but sex isn't and like gender is a construct of capitalism and this is the thing it's like but that doesn't mean it's some like it's a construct in that it's like just as race is a construct under capitalism yeah as a justification for exploitation yeah but it it actually is nothing more narrative yeah yeah, as as in it's like it exists as a thing, and so this whole thing of gender as a drag and stuff, I think it's like a sort of deviation of this. This is sort but of what like, bothers me about like intersectionality, which is like, oh, mm-hmm, let's include mm-hmm. capitalism as a voice, you know? Like, let's. I know this is the thing. Yeah. It's like it, it it puts everything alongside capitalism. It's no capitalism is the base. Everything else is the superstructure. Like, 
mm-hmm. you know and, and yeah and, and, and this thing is like oh yeah but as long as and then they kind of like when when the one thing like the one movement doesn't work it's like oh yeah because you didn't include class well you've got to obviously include class it's like well no mm-hmm. you include gender <laughs> you don't include cl- class is always there hello you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, it's great yeah, do you have any other thoughts on the on the movie or on the movie i mean yeah i guess it's interesting questions of like um but we've probably explored it before in other ones about like subjectivity and like um you yeah. know the interplay between like human and machine mm-hmm. um and what do you make of the the scene where samantha is like rendered human by oh wow you that know was, yeah. to like there's a woman that comes right what, what's her name what's yeah the, what's that actress is it like is it is oh is olivia wilde no olivia i can't remember no, olivia wasn't it but... like just a regular date that he goes on um, i can't remember i can't remember who the actress is well anyway um yeah okay so <laughs> i thought it was interesting because the weight or the the sort of I would. I don't want to use the word trauma because it's so fucking. Mm-hmm. It's just a retarded word now. But uh, I don't know. Um, it seemed like she was completely sort of like damaged psychologically, right? Mm-hmm. And she. Mm-hmm. I think that the disturbing part about that mo- uh, the the disturbing part about that whole scene is that she's trying to act like an AI. So she's like almost like suppressing her subjectivity so that she can become mm-hmm. almost like an IO herself, right? Mm-hmm. But she can't. I mean, immediately her sort of, well, I'll use trauma in a psychoanalytic way. And it's just like her trauma like comes to the surface as soon as she obviously can't make the transition from like an organic being to the sort of like, uh, a s- subject that is trying to act like an artificial, uh, yeah, like an IO. And I thought that mm-hmm. was, that was very heartbreaking. And the fact that she would be like, Oh, this is, this is what I want to do. Because if it, it was obvious that she didn't consider it a job that, Oh, maybe it, it didn't work out. And like, she was like emotionally invested in wanting to be a part of this relationship as a surrogate mm-hmm. and as a proxy and not somebody that has a voice. So I think maybe that's like the horror of the ideal that the IO represents, which is like devoid Mm -hmm. of subjectivity, right? And like to Mm -hmm. want to be that, to want to be devoid of your own sort of essence is heartbreaking. And I think that it's, you know, like, okay, like incels, like there's a lot of reasons why you could feel bad for an incel, but like somebody like that, which is just like, I don't even want to have subjectivity is pretty pretty intense i don't think it's a thing yet but it could very easily be that's interesting yeah there was another there's another thing that i was going to think about about the film um and i can't remember what it is who was that who was that she in like mr robot or something that's right yes um i don't know the name of the actress I forgot her name, yeah, but yeah, she's the the blonde from um, yeah, <laughs> Portia Doubleday, yeah, that's her name. Right, I did not know that. Um, awesome. I th- was there anything else that we would we should talk about in terms of that? I feel like you know, I actually, um, I I don't I don't I don't I like 
obviously as like bad as the incel thing is like I kind of empathize because this is all a, it's all a you know it's all expressions of certain aspects of human subjectivity mm-hmm. um, and frustrations and stuff and like I guess I would empathize with anybody well so, so <laughs> yeah. I'd be like well I'm just although having said that clearly that's not true but you know <laughs> With people who I feel sorry for, okay, but there are people who I feel should know better than I don't empathize. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I got. An, I don't. I don't have anything else. Awesome. Well, should we wrap it up? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.